you to the shot town. What's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think I thought you were gonna let the verse go too. I was about to yeah. say I drink a <laughs> look at the fucking dessert. Somebody order pancakes. I just sip the scissors. Ran it up like Forrest Gump, makes for Hussein Ball But you never really made it back, you kept paving waves When I spin the globe, I'm connected across the map I'm a walking business brand, I'm a mogul with LLC What you telling me? What up everybody, it's the No Politics Podcast I'm your boy Faking No Moves And I'm your boy Eric BNYC I'm working genius We here baby, Kanye West Genius Part Two, most, most anticipated fucking docu series of the century. Of the century. I said it here first. <laughs> I mean, now you say that though, like, can you think of another documentary, um, that has gotten you guys this interested or excited? I can't think of anything off the top of the head. The Tinder Swindler. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I haven't even seen that shit to be nah. honest. But I know yeah. people was talking about it, but like a nah, lot. Fi- right before fi- another one, he, the Fire Fest. Was it the Fire Festival? Fire Festival. What or... is it? You don't know about the Fire Festival? Oh, that's what a whole other episode. About? Is that the Tinder Swindler? Nah, that's oh, the. I didn't um, know what you was talking about. There was like a, a festival that they would like guarantee like to see mad famous people perform on an island and shit. And when they flew them out, they had like these like raggedy tents and like ham and cheese sandwiches or like cheese sandwiches, like one slice of cheese and shit. And everybody was there. You never heard about this? Fuck out of everybody. No, it sounds hilarious. It was it was like this elaborate plan, like kind of like Aaron alluded to, to do this whole huge mega concert that was supposed to have on a deserted island that was supposed to have this big bill, but part of the amenities you were going to get like it was supposed to be like food um meet and greets yeah you know you heard of um places chris Chris jericho's like his cruise where he has like the wrestlers come through and like hang out with the people that buy tickets yeah it was supposed to be something like that but on an island Gotcha. And it just wasn't. And Jaru was behind it. Like ja was he was one of the investors. Yeah, he like was, he got clowned attached to it. Okay. I feel like Cesar was in jail or something, and we're like explaining, <laughs> we're explaining Wait, things to it, him. <laughs> was this before or after Jaru was a hit? Like no, this, is, this is a couple years ago. This was like, like 2016. Yeah. It's oh like wow. Three four years ago. Like look it up. Like actually, there's a Hulu documentary, and then there's a Netflix one. Yes. I, I saw oh, bits and pieces, but there's one safe, particular safe to scene. Say, though, it wasn't like as hyped as the Kanye shit um, for me. Nah, <laughs> definitely not. But it's it's one, and it wasn't the dude, the dude with the tiger dude. What's his oh, name? Oh, tiger, tiger King. King. I never King. seen that either. I've never no. seen that. Tiger King's crazy. I'm bothering me about it. Yeah, Tiger King is crazy. Oh, they're the coming mo- out with a with a, a Hulu. I think of of his shit too, or another shit where like people are yeah. playing the characters. I think they're coming out. Yeah, they're coming. It was out on the that. Super Bowl, right? They showed a commercial or some shit. You know, it was another big doc was that murder documentary on Netflix. 
uh, the making of a murderer or some oh, shit like that. that. What, yeah, but see, yeah, like when they framed that dude, or it seemed like they framed that dude, like who he in Wisconsin. They yeah, they coerced like a admission of of guilt for a murder that he really didn't commit based on the evidence. Because like he grew up in that town, he was known. His family was known. They owned like a lot of land where they had a junkyard, and like they basically say like he was targeted. Yeah. I don't watch too many documentaries. I gotta be honest. I like, but I did watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary, and I did watch Don't Fuck with Cats. Don't fuck with cats. That was another one. Don't fuck with cats. You didn't see that? No. Oh, (laughs) that's another Netflix banger. (laughs) Is it about cats? Kinda. Yeah, and a murderer. (laughs) Kinda. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I missed that one. Do your homework. Take notes. (laughs) <laughs> right, well, you got to watch the Fire Festival first. Like, maybe I didn't know that was a documentary, but yeah. I just yeah. thought y'all were saying, like, yeah, yeah, y'all both got to watch. You got to watch Fire Fest and oh, you got to watch Don't, don't Fuck watch With shit. Cats. I only watch this Kanye doc, to be honest, just because I know he's talking about it. I mean, I'd be curious, but I wouldn't have watched it with the quickness that I have been watching it. Where, but it's been worth it, right? Oh, absolutely. <sighs> Talk about fire, it. fire. So, where Talk do you start? Where do you want to start with it? You know what? Last week you had all the best favorite scenes. I think you should kick it up. What were your favorite scenes? (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to get to talk. Now, Um, you know what? One thing I will say too, last week um, when talking about the documentary, I remember I kept referencing like when I heard his music in 2004 when the album came out. And then like at the same time, I was thinking like, but all the footage is like 2002. So this new episode confirmed that in between him making those classics, so he was sitting on All Falls Down, Jesus Walks, um, uh, what was the other shit? Uh, the Family Business, and another record for like two years before the album even dropped. Was yeah. All Falls Down, uh, I mean, uh, Jesus Walks, Family Business, Family Business, Family Business, two words, two, two words, words boom. Yeah. Yo, so because we were talking about like, yo, this is your demo you're shopping. Remember, we were like, yeah, really and he already had bangers on it. Yeah. So he sat on those fucking classics for another two years after that. That's crazy. You Before know the he thing that really put it out. My the bad. thing that kind of struck me. No, you good. Um, like what I loved, and it kind of goes to the way he makes music even today. Like, notice how. Despite the fact that around 2002, 2003, 2004, when these records were being made, it was kind of a couple years into the Pro Tools era already. So it's like for anybody who doesn't know, music was made on reel-to-reel tape. So like you actually had, if you've ever seen one of those like reels, people recorded on those before the digital era kind of took off. So like Pro Tools kind of changed the game, but it also kind of made it so that people didn't have to be in the same room anymore, which is like the gift and the curse of technology. But Ye even spoke in the doc about it, how his manager was telling him, was like, yo, just send the verses, just send the track. And he didn't want to do that because he wanted like, nah. he wanted the experience of being in the same room and creating and vibing off the energy. And it, and it was a genius not to sound redundant, but it was a genius. Um, it was a genius move in the end. It paid off because you saw like 
all those collaborators who were in there, like the way he was selling the vision for that project, it made you want to give your best work. Yeah. I also think it's just more real when you when you put it in front of them. Cause like you could send your shit and you won't even know how they reacted to it, right? You won't even know if they're like, uh, like this is right, or you know, you you might not get the genuine feel of it, right? And there's a part in it that kind of uh exemplifies that in the part two where I forget who it was because he played his shit for so many people. But at one point he goes, yo, can I just play this for you before I leave? He's like, before I go, can I just play this for you? And he plays a track. I don't know if it was the Pharrell part. I know someone. Uh, It might have been Most Death. He played something for Most Death. Yeah. Um, And then Most Death. He goes, I just want to see. He goes, I just want to see how you react to it. Like just that, yeah. like just he he need he wants to he wants to not like put it in front of them and and see how they feel him kind of, yeah. and, and to get the the full experience of that you know so, but I think I think it's very important too like you you really get a feel of, it's almost like it goes back to the part one with with the part where he's like he said it was incredible like he 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 wants to feel that he like that like yeah. feeds him. So, and it's crazy because Kanye's cool. still like that to this day, where he likes to work with people together in the studio. Like when he was doing even the um the Yay album, he flew everybody to Wyoming to work on the album. When he did My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fan- Fantasy, he flew everyone to Hawaii, to Hawaii to do the out. You know what I'm saying? Like he Donda, just... everybody in Atlanta, the fucking Falcon. Yes, Stadium. yes, yes, exactly. Like that's that's probably where the magic comes from like because it's it's just happening it's being created (laughs) fox stadium and wherever he laid wherever he calls his home and wherever he produce decides to make an album and it actually happened you could see it happening in new york in episode one and then you see it happening in la in episode Mm -hmm. two where he's pulling up to studios where he's don't even got a session oh man i love and then he's like you know Usually when I pull up, Luda's outside waiting for me. You know, like you know, like he's like, I don't know what's going on today. Like you know, and I'm just like, yo, that's crazy, you know. But yeah, man, that's that's dope. Um, fuck, man. Like, how about the fact that fucking that accident didn't slow down like nothing for him. Like he was still like, I gotta get it. Like. Rapping for he people was literally with, his, with the shits in his mouth. He was literally in the chair, like as the Humming. dentist was coming in, and he was like envisioning like the music video, like okay, get some of these shots. We could do this for the music video. He was already had like going to, uh, and the uh, fact that they were able to pivot too, like he wanted to be in the video, but as the doctors like, it's gonna take longer than that. They got more creative. How can mm-hmm. we do this? And then more doors just opened for them, like. It was crazy. You can't shout out to, to Chike because we we mentioned him last week, but like we mentioned him towards the end because he wasn't really a part of the first episode. But he's also behind creating this this documentary with Kudi. Right. They, they always been a team, and they showed a lot more of that dynamic and how they became a team as well. Yes. So, but yeah, more doors open. They got more creative. Yeah, I don't think you could undersell how much of a visionary Kanye is. It's like if if. If you didn't believe that to be true before this documentary, I don't understand how you could walk away from watching it and thinking anything less than that. Because it's like, 
like for him to be in these moments, like you said, like he's in the dentist chair and he's envisioning scenes that could be used while they while they adjust the wire in his jaw after a couple weeks from just being in an accident that almost killed him. And he has, you know, the vision to kind of tell um, the director, um, uh, Cootie, like, yo, capture this scene. I think this could be dope. We could inter- implement it into the video. Like, who the hell thinks like that? It's funny because yeah. the literally when I wrote that in my notes, I literally wrote dash vision like with yeah. mad ends. And it's funny because part one was called vision. But when I saw that, I'm like, oh, it's vision right there. Like That was incredible. Um, yeah, man. What yeah. else? Oh, a part I like that I wrote down. So we're just going to go. We're just going to go. My fault, guys, if I steal your no, part. Go ahead. Um, when he's in the studio with Jay. And he uh, he kind of speaks up and and raps, and Jay puts him on the track, and he and Jay tells him, uh, "Close mouth, don't get fed." Uh, he says, "You wouldn't have said nothing. You wouldn't have been on that." Mm-hmm. And like honestly, like as I watched the whole part two, that's something that stuck out to me was how much he spoke up in times where someone might undersell themselves or might not want to impose or might want to be like you know what let me just play my part let me not over impose myself like or do too much he took his shot every fucking time he had a chance he took his shot yo he takes the initiative for you. and yo, to piggyback yo, off that even when the, he was doing the video premiere and he did the speech like my budget's closed i don't know if y'all know but my budget's closed. I don't know if y'all know, but I've been paying for it. I don't know. And I'm thinking to myself, like, bro, people say, oh, Kanye got famous and started acting like speaking out and shit. But he don't even, right now he's shelved. He's on the shelf and he's speaking out to get his chance. Like, he was yeah. himself all along. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just him. And I don't know. It was just, like, to me, like, very telling. Like, it kind of, like, foreshadowed what he would be without really like obviously in that time period the people there don't really know like yo kanye is crazy but like in a good way you know to me at least you know yeah you can't i I think it also shows that you can't really be as successful as someone like him without really putting yourself out there and daring to take those chances it's like it's the chances is really what separates the average person with talent versus somebody who's actually on and make it it's like yeah you got to get lucky um somebody has to uh give you a shot but you also have to kind of create those opportunities for yourself and sometimes you're gonna get put out there and you're gonna look silly and it's gonna come out wrong and you may rub people the wrong way but it's like for him like yo like we seen him in the studios with like some big people like even going back to the first episode with Scarface, and Scarface was kind of talking to him like a big brother or uncle or dad, which was like, "Yo, what is that?" And he had his retainer on the on like on the studio console. He was like, "Yo, that don't belong there. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. Like, and it's like none of that shit phased him. Yeah, none of it, like he was so laser focused in what he was trying to accomplish and do, and like he fucking did it. 
And not only did he do it, it's like he did it like probably beyond even his own fucking uh, vision of things. Like, yeah. I'm sure he thought it was going to be successful, but like, I don't know if he really thought that he would get nom- nominated for 10 Grammys on his first album. album. Yeah. Crazy. Legendary. Yeah. I mean, they say luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And one thing about Kanye is every time he had an opportunity, he spoke up and he created his own luck through those opportunities because it's not like sure getting lucky is a part of it. But when you take advantage of every single chance that you get, of course you're going to get lucky. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, of course it's going to something. Yeah. He created his own opportunity multiple times, even in this episode when he fucking basically went outside to find Luda and be like, yo, I got to play some shit for you. And then got him in the studio. And and Luda, I like how he was like in and out. He like did it and then left. But at the same time, it says a lot that he even got the opportunity, played a record that Luda caught Luda's ear, and Luda put the time in to do it for him. Like, cause it was dope enough. Also, I was gonna say, he I was did gonna the same shit with Pharrell. Cause when they were coming, he was that. like, yo, we might not be able to record because they're doing other people's music right now, type shit. And then I'll- I was going to say, and I'm going to let you get to what you're going to say, Eric, but I was going to say just on that point, even the fact that when he came in, he was like, Pharrell said, like, he's giving us 10 minutes with Luda or some shit. Like, 10 minutes, and, like, that was all they need. That was worth that trip to the studio to try to get it done. Like, he he was literally maxing out all of his time. Oh, if we could get 10 minutes with Luda, that's all we need. Let's let's get 10 minutes with Luda. Let's get 15 minutes with Fer- That was all he needed. Like mm-hmm. literally maxing mm-hmm. out all of his time. I thought that was incredible. That Such is a, he's a hustler, point. like ultimate hustler. Like, I mean, it's really like um it's some storybook shit. Like, really, like it's it's hard, it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that all of that shit is true. It actually happened. Like all the way, all the way from the fact that Cootie, the director, ended up leaving a career in comedy that was, you know, like, you know, um, he left that a successful, like, he had, like, a a popular kind of, like, interview video show that he was doing that was covering hip-hop artists in Chicago, and he moved, he dropped his shit and moved to New York because he believed so much in Kanye's talent that he wanted to document him. Mm-hmm. Like, to me... Like that's that's crazy. Like that's crazy. And then the thing that my takeaway also is like one scene that I loved was the scene with um where they had the PD crack video shoot. Yep, and I was just one thinking of the, about that. Rockefeller A and R's big face Gary, I believe. Yep. He gets on camera, puts his arm around Ye, and he's like, yo, it's like this is the best. A uh, rapper producer in the game right here, and Yay Stylesin looks at him he's like, "What you mean, rapper producer?" And he was like, "Yo, you the best rapper producer. Like, I'm bigging you up. You, he's, he's you're not, one of he's, a kind. Yeah, know? yeah." And he was like, "Yo, he's nah. like, yo, that don't mean shit." He was like, "Most of them dudes is whack." He was like, like, "That's like saying you the best kid rapper or some shit." He said. Oh, that's oh that oh he and he said, "Yo, that's like saying you're the, you're the best female rapper out." It's like, nah, yo. He's like, I'm a rapper. I'm trying to compete with them. And he points around to like the whole state property is there. He's like, yo, I'm trying to compete with them. 
He was like, so like I'd rather be called the 50th best rapper than be called the best rapper producer. Like I mm, ain't here yeah. in this to be the best rapper to producer. I'm in here to be the best, basically. You know what I mean? Like that that was a that was an ill, ill scene. Yeah. And then fucking right after that, he got into his accident, which was like, damn, like he went out to LA to go work with PD and then he had to stay out in LA because of the whole tragedy. That like he said though, he turned tragedy to triumph. Like work. That was if you crazy. think about it too, like watch how these labels move, right? So in the first in the first part, Yay builds up a buzz and shoots all this footage footage with Cootie, which then they had um the idea to turn into an MTV you hear it first to push the MTV. So yep. it, the label didn't get him that. He got that through his own hustle. Yep. He gets that spot. Shortly thereafter, him getting that spot. Shortly thereafter, a couple more placements, big prominent placements, you know, production placements. He ends up getting signed to Rockefeller finally, right? But they basically had him on the shelf. They didn't open his budget. They weren't actively promoting him like that. You know, it was more. Another thing came to my mind. The accident happened and then they shelved him, right? Because they, like you said, he had the buzz, he got the MTV thing. They were like, fuck it, he's making. But moves. even before that, he wasn't a priority, though. But he's not That's, a priority, yes. But, yeah. but even before the accident, he wasn't really a priority. What I was going to say is, though, like, it's. So it made almost, him even more not a priority, the accident. Right. But, but what, it, what it's like is this you know how in sports, sometimes a team will make a move, they'll make, they may make a, like, a waiver pickup or a small kind of deal just to block another team in their own division, not necessarily with the idea of maybe playing them immediately or utilizing them immediately, but yeah. only so the next team doesn't benefit from having them on a squad. So mm-hmm. like I you could say all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, you can you can make the argument that Rockefeller Def Jam did the same thing with Kanye. They recognized that he was a talent, even mm. though they didn't fully necessarily maybe believe in him as a rapper. They believed enough in his creativity as an artist to be like, you know what, let's let's give this guy a deal, right? But it wasn't there wasn't an urgency there to kind of put him on in any way or give him the push that Rockefeller could. Like, we got to think about Rockefeller in that day, in those days, right? Mm-hmm. Look at their roster. It's a bunch of street rappers. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Like and- I mentioned on the fucking flyer, there was fucking M.O.P., Freeway, Beanie, like... You know what I'm saying? Jay, obviously. You know, fucking State Property, like the Young Guns, P.D. Crack. Now, right. you know, the, the part that got me tight was when they they pulled up on Dame Dash and Kanye played his shit and Dame 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 was there. Biggs was there, I believe. Biggs was chilling, was, but Dame yeah. was nowhere. Like and then the, uh, female, the the little kid rapper, the little girl, like rap before him or whatever. And he was paying attention to and the he little was paying girl, paying attention and and you know saying like I'm ready to sign whenever you read whatever. And then like Kanye played his shit right after. And then you see Dame run out the room, and then he comes back in. He's like, yo, we got to go. We got to make this move or some shit. And, like, who who knows what he had to run off to do? But it was just, like, the, like, come on, bro. Like, 
was just yeah. corny to me. That but to, to push back on that a little bit, though, and I felt the same way as you, but mm-hmm. I have heard from other people who were around Kanye at that time and saw him going into, into like, the offices of A&Rs and just, you know, whoever, whoever he could find an assistant to hear his music. Like, I heard that was a common thing where he would kind of bum rush people and just play his music, and it wasn't always at the most opportune times. But I mean, like, whatever you consider opportune, you know, to somebody yeah. like, you know, like, it's yeah, that's like, in the eye like, of a beholder. I'm like, you know yeah, because I mean? I'm like, it's you not an opportune shot. time right after another person yeah. just performed. Like, what was it? Cypher, Cypher Sounds. I was listening to the One at podcast, right? And Cypher used to work at Raucous Records at the time during this era. So he know he he knew Kanye from that time and he remembers seeing Kanye come up there all the time and play his music in the same way. And he was defending the female Shaka, I believe, from the first the first part of the of this uh of the documentary where yeah. a lot of people on Instagram like were giving her and social media were giving her a lot of shit leaving like really bad comments and terrible comments about her because it was like some retroactive rage or something that they had because they watched the doc and they got this feeling as though she didn't give yay any time of day. But what, what Cypher was saying was like, yo, you got to understand she works in the marketing department. She has no ability to sign Kanye. Kanye went in there and played her the music and she had stuff on her desk. Like, to do. I think, she yeah, has I think stuff I had to mentioned do. that before too. I don't know if it was on the podcast mm-hmm. or no, just we were talking about a it personal conversation. I think it was off air. Like she's in her office. Like she didn't do nothing wrong. She heard him out, but she probably had shit to do. Like she busy. People coming in and out the fucking office. It looked like a fucking pretty popping. Yeah, office. there was stuff going on. Yeah, there was stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I like that you coined it retroactive rage. I don't know if you made that up, but it sounds amazing. That's literally uh-huh. the perfect thing to call it. I'm pro- I probably heard it before somewhere, but oh, well, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pop my collar like that. But yeah, I remember no, but, making the point. We definitely had that conversation off air. Uh, and and, and to Eric's point about it not being the op- most opportunistic. For all we know, that day when he showed up to Dame's crib, it was so he can listen to that kid rap and provide a beat or something to that kid. And then after Kanye was like, yo, that kid's fucking whack. He is my shit. And started trying to play his shit. And Dame's like, yo, I gotta go. Yeah. And you know I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I don't know context, what Dame had to go do. Everything, yeah, you know, I didn't but, know what Dame had to go do, but it But felt from the optics of what we see in it, like, it's just yeah, like, yeah, yo, not giving yeah. him the time of day touching, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And I'm gonna be honest. Which was a trend we were seeing. Even though Dame didn't give him the time of day, it appeared in that, like, I already didn't love what he did with the remix to uh, Bonnie and Clyde. So it's like, personally, yeah. it was like, ah. I liked how he did <laughs> it for Pharrell, but I didn't think really it needed to be played for the people at Rockefeller who yeah. just put out Jay's fucking monster smash of, of version of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but speaking of Pharrell, though, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, how incredible. Yeah, it definitely was my one of my favorite. Like, how incredible of a dude is Pharrell after the like, advice he told him talk, about talk about vision too. Oh like, my Pharrell god, Pharrell had like, the vision. He saw he was like, just please always stay like grounded or whatever. Oh, I got like, the whole quote written. Right, go ahead, go ahead, that go ahead. shit. <laughs> nah, he goes. Uh, <laughs> let me find it. Uh, he goes. 
you're going to make it. And when you make it, keep the same perspective and hunger. And then he says, I could tell when a nigga is really, really hot, but I can tell when they have the potential to become complacent. You do not have that. But only thing I'm saying is that once niggas tell you you hot, still doubt yourself. Mm. That's the quote. And yeah, that was fire. Yeah, like Pharrell, man, it's like, I say this. When Pharrell's no longer here, like I'm gonna shed a tear for real. Like oh, man, man, cause like that dude. I didn't, I didn't like you saying that. I know, Word. I know. I'm not putting that in but the yeah, air. Yeah. You know, like, but I'm just saying, like, I ain't gonna lie. Pharrell we, been that boy. Every man. everybody, we 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 lose our legends, man. They don't yeah, live he, forever. Pharrell's like so universally loved too. Yeah. Like, Pharrell's bro. Amazing. He made happy. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, he and made then happy he made super thug. And he made grinding. <laughs> Word. Like, and then he made beautiful with, with mm-hmm. Snoop Deal Double G. Like, come on. Yo, it's weird though, because like you know how Kanye's like um a god and, and type in some type way, like he always be on that vibe. But when these people die, like you know, like how we look at I don't know how this go go. Why is uh, it so dark right now? Yeah, but like bad, you know how bad. it's like the saints. Like it's gonna be like Saint Pharrell, Saint Biggie, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like shit like that. Like that's Saint Pharrell. You listen, <laughs> you listen when he speaks. <laughs> nah, but I mean, listen, yo, yeah, but Pharrell is just like he didn't have to do any of that. He didn't have to give him the time of day. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't have to give him those words. Like it just speaks to how genuine of a dude, and also Pharrell gets it. He gets it in a way that very few people can. Like everything that Kanye was doing, he was able to see and get and understand because Pharrell was there also in that same place not so long ago. Like Pharrell came in with the trucker hats, the tight jeans, the tight shirts. He didn't look anything like what you saw in hip hop during that time. And like Nori talks about this all the time where he talks about his first studio sessions with Pharrell. And he's like, yo, like, who are these dudes? Like the Neptunes, you got this Asian dude and then you got this Asian looking black guy. Like, 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 what is, what are we doing here? He said he he even brought him to Nas and Jay and they were like, his shirts are too tight. Like, yeah, you know, like what the hell? Like, but those tracks knocked though, and like he had he had the sauce, and it's like, and so he had to overcome that hurdle. So like, yay, yo, yay had to overcome the same hurdle, even within the own the the own label that he was signed to. Like, he had a quote in there, um, and I think this is this was a dope quote, and I think it sums it up. He says, um, bring it up. He says, I feel like I'm the first of the hybrid of the ice and the backpackers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it makes a lot of sense. Rockefeller was very bling, street rap. It was Mm -hmm. flossing. They were flossing. They were talking about how much money, how much cars. Like they give you a chain. Yeah. And, and it was, it was gaudy at, you know, some of their music. It was like, it was like very overt. You know, like they, they were living that lifestyle, the young hustler lifestyle. Like, and then Kanye also had this other side to him that was very underground. If you think about the, his production, it was soulful. He was mm-hmm. speaking from the heart. 
Like he wasn't fronting about what he didn't have, you know, like, so like everything that he was saying was like almost kind of in a way aspirational. Like he was yeah. talking about things. He was saying, I'm not street. I haven't killed someone. I ain't shoot nobody, Facts. but I'm still out here just speaking about everything that goes on in my life, Facts. you know? And, um, it just reminded me of when he said, yo, when I was in that hospital bed, you know, I kept thinking like, I came to the decision that I'm going to be the best dress dress rapper ever. He was like, because I was looking at all these videos. I'm like, they shit trash. They whole, they whole style trash. <laughs> Nowadays, you say drip. that They drip was trash. <laughs> but that's you know? the... That... But that also kind of encapsulates that quote, though, when he says, I'm the hybrid of the ice and the backpacker. That's why I thought about it when you were yeah. saying that, yeah. you know? And, and his mom touched out. on that. And then he comes out in New York. And when he steps out on the stage, he just stays there with his fit in the backpack. And he's looking at the crowd. And it just showed the level. This was after Through the Wire was taken over now. And mm -hmm. you could see that, like, yes. Like, he was, like, soaking in, like, finally living up to everything he knew he could, could be. The way they were going crazy for him, like... Oh, that was awesome. That was and the, the drip for 2003, 2004, the drip was fire. The drip yeah. was fire. The polo Ooh. rugby. Yeah, he came out with the polo and the, the retroactive drip. Oh, yeah. retroactive drip. Fast. Any any other scenes uh that that resonated with you uh Cesar? Um yes. Uh I loved the through the wire with the live choir scene. Oh. When they're recording it. Um I was gonna say even the way he stepped in and like cause cause he was they were running through it. Whoever was leading the choir was like running through it. And even the way Kanye kind of stepped in to to be like, nah, don't do it. Don't do it like that. Do it more like this. And he even sings it. He don't got a voice or nothing, right? Nothing special. But he had the confidence to kind of even like sing it to them and let them know, like, nah, this is how I want it. And then right after that, they nailed it and it sounded amazing. Like Oh, but Kanye's very, that. very good at that throughout his whole career. Like now, as as we've grown with him, we realize like he can relay that that he has a specific specific vision. way like, it should be yeah. done, and Which he don't sound incredible. bad doing it himself. But then the person that he always gets to do it just bodies it, like you know. Yeah. It's kind of like with Donda when it leaked, like. Year, a year or something prior where it was Yandi, the album Yandi, and it had Hurricanes, and he was singing the hook. The mm. 80 degrees, all that shit. That was Kanye singing it. And then on Donda, when it came out, the weekend's body in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So Kanye's always been on some shit like that. Like, But that was a great scene. Yeah, I, And it reminded me of the scene where he actually sang slow jams for Jamie, too. Oh, my God, yeah. That's, That's a continuous scene. Talk about that scene. No, talk about no, that scene. No, like... <laughs> no, <Yeah>. like <laughs> that scene speaks for itself. Like, yo, bro, that like he sang it. He had the idea to like talk and be like, yo, we want some like old school records. We want some dusties. Like, you know, he's like, yo, and Jamie, man, when he's doing the oh la da 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 da, yo, what? <laughs> yo, when he's talking shit in the beginning of the record too, it just brought me back to that record. Like, I immediately wanted to pause that and listen, and listen. to slow jams. Like that's that's the feeling that it gave me. Um, that was an ill scene. So like, just to provide some context for that, I don't know if y'all ever heard Jamie kind of talk about that studio session with Kanye before. 
I don't think so. I don't think I've So heard. there's an interview on, I think, the uh, JRE podcast, Joe Rogan Experience, where he, he talks. Uh, we're, we're, just, we're just all full circle here. Joe, Joe Rogan didn't drop the N word. <laughs> so no worries. Anybody, anybody wants to listen to that, you know. But um, but it was a good interview. So like he spoke about the fact that he was one of the first dudes to kind of discover Kanye, and he said what ended up happening. I think is Kanye was over his house because he threw a party of some kind and Jamie was describing the fact that he, a lot of times when he used to live out in LA, he had this home when he was like a bachelor still before he really had a family like that. I think um, he used to throw these big parties and at these parties, he still, to, he still does that shit. Yeah. He, he used <laughs> to have up and coming artists perform for the people who were in attendance. So like he, he told a story where he, Drake, before he came out and blew up, was one of those guys who performed at his at his event and stuff like that. And he was shy, brought him on stage. He was like, yo, like, and he killed it. He yeah. said, so I don't know if Kanye was there for that specific reason, but he he was there. They chopped it up. He gave him the idea. Jamie, the thing that's crazy is like what people don't realize is that Kanye was really responsible for this resurgence in Jamie Foxx musically. So like Jamie's always been talented, mm -hmm. but he made his name as a comic. He never a got really taken serious as a singer, right. but he always had that talent. He would do it in his stand-ups. Right. He would sing, right. play the piano, all yes. that. Yes. And it wasn't because they couldn't get past the fact that this is he's this guy who's in these movies. He's on, you know, he does these stand-up specials. He plays these characters on these sketch comedy shows when he was on Living Color and all of that stuff. And like now he's trying to sing like hit high notes and like sing R and B music and love music. Like it wasn't yeah. connecting. Yeah. And I think he had released an album I years so. prior that yeah. flopped. Yeah. So I say that to say, like Kanye asking him to be on that hook on slow jams resurrected his career too. And like the timing of it was like slow jams happened, and then shortly thereafter, Jamie had his solo. You know his uh his debut well not his debut but his his uh reemergence to the music scene yeah and he was for a minute there Jamie Fox was was putting out big records he had records with the Dream with Kanye like he had records with a lot of people so like is it's interesting how like it that... shows Kanye's vision also like yeah. going back to that like his vision like he really knew like Jamie was the one for that record too like and I bet Jamie must have been like me. You sure? Like, like you know what I mean? But like, I, I love that we see Jamie hearing it and like for the first time, yeah, and loving it. Like, no, yeah, like I gotta do this. Like, this is a fire record. I was you gonna know? say, who I knows if that. Jamie in the back is like, maybe I might not get kept on it. Maybe someone else might do it over, but I'll lay it. Mm -hmm. You know, but he he did, and and that was dope. What was you saying? Fire. I was gonna say, I love that you kind of mentioned how, or you definitely mentioned how. It, it led to a resurgence in Jamie because people were kind of boxing Jamie in as this comic, you know, this goofy. That's a great word. Kind of, uh, what, goofy? No, 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 boxing. boxing oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, it's like, perfect. And in the same way, that was what Kanye was going through as a producer. And so mm. it's like so beautiful that 
they link and then they put down a track like fucking slow jams and it's it's a hit like so i just think and if, if anything the way the stars align slow jams was popping and then through the why it took the 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 Kanye name to as a rapper and an artist to another level. Slow James came out first. Did it? I, I, I don't so. remember clearly enough. Think so. I I thought I thought I'm through, the wire. Or, I thought or, through no, the wire. Or through the the video first came point. out first. The video right. came out first, and then he dropped Slow James after. Either way, they both of those records were very pivotal in helping Kanye build his name to the next level. Where then. By the time he dropped Jesus Walks for the World, it was like, yo, who is this artist? This guy like does like so many different styles and is so like aware of like what's going on in the world, connecting with the people, like in a way that was crazy. He was doing the lady records, he was doing the 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 life record, then he's doing the fucking conscious record. Like she was crazy. And 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 speaking of Jamie Foxx, one more thing I thought about is it's crazy how then it also showed when they linked up right and he had gold digger before his fucking first album even dropped mm. and it's like yo i got this idea this ray charles shit yeah he had the sample and played did it drop he, or it was he, about to drop it was about to drop the, about the, to first drop album. the first album uh but yeah he's like i might need a, you i might need your help i might need your help clearing this for me i guess because that had to have ray been movie. around the time he did right the ray the, movie yeah right. so the stars aligning like Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. But also, in that same session, he's playing crack music. The song that ends up being crack music on late registration with the game for Puff. And the game yeah. does make a little cameo. And the game yeah. can- comes. Yeah. And his mom. And he's and in the studio, mom. him, his mom, Puff, his and mom the game. Yeah. Right. Like, like I'm, what? Imagine, like, <laughs> I don't know about any of y'all. I love my mom, but I would never <laughs> invite her to a studio session. Like, <laughs> but I'd invite Donda. Word. Donda she's different. She 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 yeah. fits. Yeah. So like, but that's that was an ill scene too because like, um. So I remember back in the day, there was discussions about Kanye contributing to the album that Puff was working on. I think Puff had that uh press play album. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. I don't know if y'all remember that, but so Royce, Royce the Five Nine wrote on it. Um, Farrell Mont wrote on it. She told I think, me. Yeah. I think. I think maybe the game. She wrote the on the game. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, crack music was intended for that project, but and if you heard the verse that was spit, I think Kanye spit a verse. He. he that, verse, that verse never came out. He's talking nah. about G Unit aftermath on it. Yeah, mm. it was. A, it would look like it was a reference for Puff to do. So, like Kanye wrote for Puff, he laid a reference vocal track that Puff was supposed to record to and do over at some point. You know, Puff doesn't write his lyrics. You know, so, but that was a dope thing to to hear that because I've ne- I never heard that. Maybe it's on YouTube. Who knows? But like no, that was my no. first time hearing it. Me too. And it ends up becoming on late uh getting on late registration and good thing because like that's one of my favorite records on that project mm-hmm. uh crack i mean the beat is incredible like the chorus like it's a dope dope record but um but it's crazy like um and kanye sequencing the sequencing of his albums have always been phenomenal and it showed with college dropout even when he they're in the in the studio just 
tune like mixing it and mastering it and like they how it went from the um drug dealing just to get by like, and then it went into Jesus walks and like he's just fine-tuning everything like man and, and and you talking about crack music on the second album made me remember how like that goes from crack music to like on my way home with common which is another great fucking yeah, record yeah, yeah. but um yeah kanye sequence it man late registration i mean this is a side comment but late registration doesn't get enough credit i don't think like yeah. i think I think like people mostly kind of talk about college dropout, graduation, and my dark, twisted, beautiful fantasy. Yeah, it kind of gets, gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah. But production on that project, like like you said, Aaron, it was lush, beautiful, and it's like, and it was this is the thing about Kanye, I think that people don't give him credit enough for. And it's one of the reasons he gets criticized. Like, and it's we want the old Kanye and stuff like that, right? Which all artists do go through the kind of varying degrees where they, where fans kind of try to peg them into this one space. And, and it's usually the space or the point where they fell in love with them as an artist. And they yeah. always want them to stay there. But yep. Kanye is all about the risk, though. Like, Kanye, he's always trying to do that next thing. When The minute that you thought that all he was was this kid from Chicago who wears polo rugbies and wears Louis Vuitton book bags and he raps over sped up chipmunk sounding soul samples. You hear the second album, Late Registration. Yeah, there was soul, but it was a different kind of soul. Like he had a bigger sound. It was more instrumentation. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't the same sound as the first project. Yeah. Then graduation wasn't the same as late registration. Like it just right. got bigger and bigger and stuff. And then the last couple of years, it seems like he went in the other direction where he's more of a minimalist in the sound. It's like scale back. You know, it's like, it's less about, like you said, Aaron earlier that his sequencing was incredible. Yeah. One would argue that his sequencing over the last several albums, probably from, Pablo on is not as great as it was earlier in his career. And I think part of that is by design where he's less of a taskmaster. Like Ye used to be this guy who would obsess. I mean, think about it. He recorded college dropout for two, three years or whatever. He's doing these projects now, like Donda literally in a couple weeks. He recorded Pablo, like he's setting deadlines before he even has the album finish nowadays. Yeah. You think about it, it's like his albums have become like this living, breathing thing where it's like if you check the stream and you open your Spotify, don't be surprised if you hear a different verse or you hear a different mix from what you heard last week. And yeah. he has that luxury now because nobody uses CDs anymore. Everything is digital, so he can update his album, you know, months down the road if he wanted to. So it's just a different. But I feel like process. he always wanted to be like that anyway. It's just that in the beginning he didn't have the opportunity because, like, the show he was he was shelved and all that. And then, but once he like basically, you know, not to foreshadow for like future episodes, but once it was like, wait till I get my money right, then you can't tell me nothing, right? Like. He just went off and just started making albums and putting music out as quick as he could, probably because 
it worked in the beginning, you know, and it, I think honestly with Donda, I feel like he's kind of tapping back into it. I don't know. I haven't heard Donda 2 yet, which I, I want to know. I know he had a stream for it. But um, I think in a way like this documentary could help him tap back into that. Well, speaking speaking of wait till I get my money right, like what do y'all think about um the the part in the documentary in part two where Chike mentions that or actually Cootie mentions that him and Chike were left behind when Kanye went out on tour and he felt as though his management and his handlers were kind of getting in between um them and 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 Kanye to a degree and there was a distance that wasn't there before like um and then they show that whole conversation where they're talking about Jesus walks the video, video. Mm -hmm. and Kanye kind of loses the fact he was like yo like I love y'all like y'all my dudes and stuff like I'm gonna have y'all direct as much as possible but like yo he had a vision for Hype Williams directing Jesus walk so what do y'all think about how they kind of documented that and just like overall about um what the music industry can kind of do to kind of like separate people and kind of like you know like was that a natural evolution do you think just they were going to go separate eventually or do you feel like there was a, just a change in kanye specifically or like like what what did your take on that um i'll go I, I i think honestly like i don't think kanye did anything wrong there I yeah, think like I, I, I thought think, he handled it as well. As I thought TK could be like, you know what, I. Right. But TK also did. Um, I mean, not TK Cootie, also um was like, you just gonna like be like, you don't like what they got, and you just gonna come to us anyway. And for me, I already knew that Kanye ended up doing three different versions and had TK and so. Cootie and TK do a version. So just seeing it is like, yo, I don't about Jesus walks. Jesus walks, yeah. I'm like, I don't think he should get really mad that he wants to get Hype Williams. Like, you know, like, come on. Yeah. Like, you I can't just Kanye be like, nah, I'm going to do all your videos. Like, you know, like, yeah. let him, let him think... mingle and, and, and get other perspectives. At the end of the day, he probably would have been bringing Cootie around. And Cootie could have got pointers watching fucking Hype Williams, you know? So. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Kanye asked like really graciously like he wasn't he wasn't like yo like hype williams on another level like he wasn't like shitting on them you know he was giving them their flowers showing them they love his love and appreciation he was trying to be but, considerate exactly yeah. but kanye has a vision and like you got to trust kanye's vision at this point right like you you followed him yeah. along you know when he has a vision and it's specific to that point, you just got to trust him at that point. Right. And so um, I didn't think he did anything wrong. I think he was real nice about it. And that's not an easy conversation to have. No. And again, like I, I keep saying, like the, the thing I keep coming back to when watching this episode was how bold Kanye was and how like just fearless he was. And when he knew he wanted something the way he wanted it, he's he's having those tough conversations. He's he's maneuvering those tough situations and and I thought he he did as best the best he could in that situation. I didn't think he did anything wrong at all. I brought it up also because it's interesting. Like that part kind of stuck with me because I was watching an interview uh, with uh, um, Cootie and uh, Chike, 
and they were talking about the documentary with uh, Ari Melber. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the dude from MSNBC. He has that, sh- like, he's the one who's always dropping the hip-hop lines where he's, like, talking politics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ari, yeah, he's always, like, dropping Rick Ross or 50 Cent lines, like, I don't he's watch debating it, politics. No politics. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> for life. So, <laughs> but, um, he had a really good interview with them because he's a big hip hop head. So, like, he asked them, he asked Cootie specifically about con- the separation between them and Kanye and how, like, you know, he started to kind of drift away and they both went in their separate directions. Uh, Cootie and TK started directing for other people. I think they showed in the documentary that he uh, they directed Ordinary People for John Legend and a couple other Christina you know, prominent Snagalera, Black Eyed Peas, etc. Mm-hmm. But he asked him about that and if he felt a certain way about them drifting away or, you know, like, did, did he feel offended? Was he hurt by that? And he gave an answer like he gave a a good answer and I don't know how much of that was him being political, but he, you know, he expressed the fact that he loved Kanye and he kind of took it in stride and basically said, Hey, like I'm thankful for the opportunity because I got to do X, Y, Z as a result of my affiliation and connection with him, you know? But when they asked Chike, he kind of gave the opposite answer and said that he was hurt about by it. And he kind of put like um, he he kind of put Kuda out crazy though. But he that's let the them thing. Make MTV that's the thing. Edit they in charge like yeah. they wouldn't have the after he put his neck MTV on the line plug like no one was doing that for you could have got fired for that. So like Chike was like yo like I'm, he's like he said that that uh cootie was being modest and, and cootie mm-hmm. was laughing she was like yo I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest it's like i was i was hurt by it i was definitely hurt by it because you know we sacrificed a lot you know and once he got to that pinnacle and to that point it felt like we were kind of put on pause to a degree or kind of like put on the you know whatever and whether that was intentional yeah, or not yeah whether whether that was intentional or not you know he kind of expressed the fact that it hurt him it's, it's just funny because yeah. you can't deny none of that because they got it all on tape they got the proof well just just to push back on that a little bit um when chike helped them with the through the wire music video was that their first time was that kanye and chike's first time kind of linking and like working together i don't know it doesn't, it, to that point, we only see Cootie behind the camera the whole time. And then once they do that, then Chike kind of comes on board, right? Yeah, but once the um, MTV shit happened, that's how they met Chike. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The MTV was, first. Yeah. I was going to say, in that case, like to me, it kind of makes sense that Chike would be a little more hurt by it because Kanye kind of, with Cootie anyway, if Cootie was there from like, the beginning, not the beginning, but you know, the beginning of from what we're seeing, right? It's like he built up more like faith with Kanye and for Kanye kind of built up enough credibility with Cootie where Cootie's gonna be like, I right, like he's gonna work with hype, but like I trust him because you know he's held me down this whole time and I've been rocking with him. Whereas Chike, he comes along later, he gets on board later, and then it's like, Oh, I put my neck out for him and he kind of yeah. that's it, like. He, and you can't he, also this one thing and that's it like almost like it's there was less time together to kind of build that 
relationship between them two. So maybe it's easier for him to feel more hurt. That you have to note the fact that that the Through the Wire video was a pivotal, not only a oh, pivotal yeah. record, but that video when they when they debuted it at the at that video release party where Dame and Biggs work walked in his his label heads. They walked in and they saw the video and like he says in the doc, um, Cootie is like they finally got the vision and right then and there, shortly thereafter, they decided to open up Let's the go. Board. It's a it go. was go time for him. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's when you see him mixing and mastering finally, but getting the the fucking choir, the violin girl. You see her there. Mm-hmm. Remember her, yeah. like, yeah. 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 And 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 um, damn, that documentary is so good so far, man. It's like hard to believe that the part three is the last part because. We got so many albums in between college dropout. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be now. well. I I would I would assume they ended up getting much less footage along the way. Like he Cootie ain't that been following well. him for fucking twenty yeah, years. That as well. Know? So they'll yeah, kind of just sum it up. I saw a docu. I saw not a documentary. I saw an interview with like uh, one of the Netflix executives was talking about when they first started talking with Cootie and Chike about possibly doing this documentary and having it premiere on Netflix that Cootie and Chike came and in the meeting they had like some book bag or duffel bag and they dropped a bunch of tapes on the conference table and they had like supposedly hundreds of hours of footage for Kanye and they had to take that and edit it and condense it into basically like six hours over three episodes so um, they four asked, and half, uh, yeah, yeah, four and a half. So th- they asked, they asked Cootie and Chike in that interview with Ari Melber. He asked them about the Drake thing because Drake, Kanye, in one of his posts said that he wanted Drake to narrate the documentary, mm-hmm. and he said that he was open to that. It didn't work for this documentary because it was him kind of telling the story of their relationship, kind of. But he yeah. said, yo, like we got it. He basically kind of alluded to the fact that they have enough footage that if he wanted to do something else, they could. And have so it's great. interesting. Sure they could. Wow. Um, just before we move on off the Cootie stuff, I was going to say shout out to Cootie for not feeling no type of way when Kanye went on tour without him, at least in the documentary. And then shout out to his parents who told him that everything happens for a reason. Keep moving forward. And they stayed on their grind. And eventually, like you said, they ended up linking back up with Kanye who needed a Jesus walks video shoot again. So right. That's just, I just thought that was dope that like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, even if they felt a little left behind, you know, they went and did their own thing and, and, you know, stars aligned again when yep. they needed to. That, and, and that, the fact that he did that deaf jam, deaf, deaf poetry jam audition. Mm-hmm. That was a fire thing. Too. They were showing that, that yeah. Where he he fire. submitted three different songs, and yep. And his my mom bad, Aaron. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nah, nah, nah. That was perfect because I was gonna kind of skip to like um his mom being there with um for New Year's and the speech she gave to like the whole team, like Cootie, all of them, and she was just like, "This is gonna be the greatest year for all of us, for the whole team, for everyone." Like. Let's enjoy it. Let's live life. Like, yo, like she killed it. 
she yeah. killed this. Donda was was special. She was dope. super welcoming. Yeah, super welcoming. The uh, the only Donda quote I wrote down from this episode was, "Hey, mama, uh, that's my favorite song." Donda says that, and I just thought that was dope. Yo, that's another record that he had that was on late registration. He had already early. Yeah, it's crazy, yo, crazy. That's crazy, and it shows him like, um, putting the finishing touches of like just adding the the final records. One record they didn't touch on though was the last call shit, which we mentioned last week. And shit, I would love to see if they ha- would have had footage of that, maybe, because it sounded like when Jay went in there, like it was one of those nights they were drinking in the studio, chilling, probably listening to the album, and then K- Kanye probably was like, "Yo, I got this record though. I want you to hear it," <laughs> and you know, like how he does, and then boom, last call comes on, you know, right? But I love that. I mean, I know we kind of touched on it already, but the scene, the scene where he's in the studio with Jay, where he has that where Jake has that quote that closed mouths don't get fed. I thought like his performance though of that verse and how he sold it for Jay to consider putting him on that song. He fucking bodied it. And it was crazy. Cause like he was basically going through the verse in real time, kind of freestyling. Like he had something, but then he was like flipping stuff like, and like then he's mid-rap. feeding off Jay's energy to and help it, him improvise. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just like he was he made that beat sound like a million dollar beat when he started like doing it. And honestly, that's not the original the, beat. Oh, I mean, that, that one, is that is the original that's the original. Beat, they switched but it's not up a the one on that the made on the album. Yeah, that's okay, not the one because on the album. it sounded a lot more harder, like the way it was like and he's like, and I'm from Chicago. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yo, that was that was fire. Yeah, it was it was stupid. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. Like, um, look at Eric scrolling through his notes trying to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I only no. got one note left, and just so just let me know when we wrapping up on this. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I was gonna say last thing I, I wrote was uh when they asked him if to- if someone told you a year ago that today you'd be sitting here nominated for ten Grammy awards, would you have believed it? And he goes. No, what happened is I actually told other people and they didn't believe it. <laughs> oh, that's another thing like, yeah, when he, he might fucking drop a moment right there. In in the span of time that he gets nominated for fucking ten Grammys and then he's in an interview with Puff and he's just like, Yo, I'm here with Puff. Like y'all can't tell me nothing. Like <laughs> yeah, and, and he talks about like like the kind of like the dichotomy of trying to be humble but at the same time like yo i'm with puff like yeah like i want to you know talk my shit in a way he said after this i'm gonna go call somebody like exactly it's like and and that's real too because it's like they do expect you to be humble but like at the same time like he's saying like i can't help it i gotta let my moment like yo i'm about to like yeah i'm here with puff like yeah that that was a moment that was dope yo just to I'm, I'm gonna read this real briefly and then we could I guess we could move on unless there's something else anybody wants to talk about about the uh I think we kind of touched pretty much everything but yeah it's legend it's legend <laughs> shout out to Enwell <laughs> but um just to give you perspective from 2001 right I'm gonna give you 2001 to 2004 which I think the documentary is now 
around 2004, 2005, right? 2004. Um, yeah, where it kind of left off, 2004. Because late yeah. registration is about to Drop, come out. It dropped in February yeah, yeah. 2004, yeah. All right. So these are, these are just the singles that Kanye produced. The singles, when I say singles, I mean ones that were released as commercial singles, not album cuts. For right? other artists and himself. For other artists and himself. In 2001, he had Izzo by Jay-Z. 2002, he had Guess Who's Back, Scarface. 2002, 03, Bonnie and Clyde with Jay-Z, Beyonce. He had 2002, Get By to Leave Kweli. Another one. Right? 2003, Stand Up, Ludacris. Another one. Through the Wire, his song. Mm. You Don't Know My Name, Alicia Keys. This is 2003 still. Slow Jam, uh, 2003. Encore, 2003, Jay-Z. Mm. 2004, Overnight Celebrity, Twister. Mm. Ten All, Classics. All Falls Down. Classic. Jesus Walks. Classic. Selfish by Slum Village and, um, and uh, John Legend. That's a classic. That's a classic. Uh, New Workout Plan. Um, classic. Sample by J. Cole later on. Uh, he had Used to Love You by John Legend. Dope record also. I Changed My Mind, Keisha Cole. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. What a like, fucking run. And and his, the records that he had for himself that were his singles, he was sitting out for two years already. Yeah. 2005, The Corner, Common. Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Come on. Go, Common and Kanye West. Yeah, the whole album. That whole album. Yeah. Dreams, The Game, Gold Digger, Testify, Common, Heard Him Say with uh, Adam Levine from uh, Maroon 5. Damn. It's like, I ain't going to lie. The way you like breaking that down and then also the documentary makes me feel like no one had a greater run than Kanye. In, that, in those years, like, right? in that time. No, ever. Like he did not miss. At that point, you're not talking about a run. You're talking about a career. All right. Yeah, his run is, uh, but like his run got a run is like a span. But I'm saying the run from when he started. That's why I said the fucking Pablo. I guess was when started people doubt. People started doubting him. People started doubting that around Jesus. Right. So okay, that's a great segue. So I was just gonna say, let's look at the studio albums. College Dropout, 2004. Most people consider that. that to be a universal classic. Classic. Hip-hop classic. Late Registration. Cop most that. people consider that to be a classic. Classic. Mm-hmm. That was in 2005, right? So February 2004, College Dropout. August 2005, Late Registration. Graduation, September 11th, 2007. Another pretty classic. much universal classic. Yes. My favorite Kanye album. Now, this is where it gets interesting. In November of 2008, he it releases 808 and Heartbreak. Okay. Now, now it, it, people it was cri- that, criticized, but, but it was now, criticized. Yeah, but it's yeah, a classic. Yeah. But now a lot was, of people I, look I at that as a classic. classic. First listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. People <laughs> and, and think about it. <laughs> um, people look at that album. 808 and heartbreaks and like shout out to Cuddy because playing Pat a lot of them had a big part in the in the sound of that album and Cuddy wrote a lot on that on that album and actually gave songs to Ye that were probably going to be a part of his solo album so 
Um, but that project right there is one of the most influential projects probably he ever put out, even though it was polarizing. Because if you think about how many artists were influenced from Travis Scott to Drake to, you know, uh, like um, everyone you hear now that kind of chance the rapper, even like the Vories who are on his albums now. They definitely got influenced through the 808 and Heartbreak vibes. Right. You know, guys like that. Fucking, if you want to even go, like the Bryson Tillers. Wayne, even. Wayne. Even though Wayne was doing auto-tune, but he wasn't getting into, like, that kind of way of music. It was the emo. He he basically kind of, him and Cuddy were kind of responsible for kind of ushering in the emo sound that ended up kind of dominating the next few years. And stuff and like Drake took it to he, he brought his own sound with 40 and they carved out their own space to it. But like that the album was super influential. So you had that, right? So, like, just to recap, college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808 and heart 808 and heartbreak, right? So that's four albums right there, all classic or damn near classic with the one exception being 808 and heartbreak where you could debate on something in hindsight it's four classics right the next album my dark twisted beautiful fantasy released in 2010 classic classic and let's not forget how he rolled out that album dropping the good friday records with songs that didn't even make that album that were fucking bananas like you know right 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 oh so he releases my dark twisted beautiful fantasy. Now, this is not part of his solo discography, but Watch the Throne comes out a year after my dark twisted beautiful fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like <sighs> that's six classics, my friends. That's disgusting. Like, like no one had a run like that. The greatest run of all time. That is I'm the sorry. greatest run. That is the greatest album run of all time, and it's why even even if you shit on Yeezus, which I think is a great album still. People will fight you on that. To me, Yeezus is the dark version of 808s and Heartbreak, in my opinion. It's polarizing in the same way. To me, it's a rougher sound. It's very brash. He takes a lot of chances on it, but like, if you go back and listen to songs like like, um, one of like, my favorites is the shit that has the um the Beanie Man memories when they live like people do. Yeah, 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 what yeah. that record's crazy. The the bound, obviously. Like there's been uh the, the record with Chief Keef. Black Chief Skinhead Keith. to me is, is fire. Black like, that head, shit though. goes. Skinhead. I fucks with I fucks with new slaves. I think he bodies his verse on there and the rollouts though. Like, like that's another thing. Kanye always makes moments when he was projecting the videos around America in New York and Chicago and LA on the walls. And you had to pop up and and watch the video to to hear the song for the first time. Like Kanye's always did things like that. Like that's why I say greatest run, like hold my liquor. I fucks with that record. I'm in it. I'm in it. Blood on the leaves. Guilt on the leaves. Send it up. Send it up. Bound. Like, in retrospect, the album is is like, and and even Pablo, yo, Pablo has joints on it. Yes, the like only I, yeah, Pablo, Pablo, yeah, I love Pablo. The I only thing the, he could criticize is that it was it might have had too many songs. Many like he could have cut yeah. some of the fat. 
Like yeah. it was, yeah. little, and it was the way it was released was kind of like all over the place. But even like the like, it felt like he was tapping into something nostalgic when he was on like the Thirty Hours with Andre, and oh, I love that. You record. know what I'm saying? Like vibe. Like even even the old Kanye little interlude shit. Like you know, no more like, parties in L.A. with Kendrick. No more parties in L.A. Like yeah, like Body. I don't I don't know. The only album I say that some slack. Um, no, flack. <laughs> Some flack was given to Kanye on my behalf. Was um, the Yay album? Some flack. Some flack. Some flack. Not slack. My uh, flack. Like right, where we'll I was. Finish your like, sentence first. Was so the Yay album and the one he did in Wyoming, where I was yeah. like, "There's a couple records on there," but even that album, fucking had people saying, "I feel free." <laughs> like oh, you know what I'm shit. saying? Like, I love that record. That, that yeah, record exactly. Great. That's a great record. And then fucking Kitsy Ghost around that time. Like, come on, Kanye. Kitsy Ghost. Another. That's a great album. album. That's a that's great a great album. album. I don't care what no one says. Great yeah. album. Like, but yeah, like greatest run of all time. He, despite even if you don't love the last couple albums. To me, he still has the best discography in hip hop history. I don't know. There's no other artist who has a discography as good as him. And if you look at it in its totality, the only other people that you could kind of put in the conversation are like, obviously, Jay-Z um, comes to mind. I think Kendrick Lamar so far in his career, even though he doesn't have as many albums, has put um, his hat in that ring. I mean, I think uh, I think. I think Cole in recent years has really made a push to be in those conversations also, but I feel like he didn't start opinion, off the strong. Yeah, he didn't exactly. start off strong like Kendrick did, like, right. like Kanye did, but right. Jay didn't start off super strong. I mean, his first album obviously is classic, but it didn't sell crazy records out the gate and all. Nah. It was slept on. And then his second album got a little uh, criticism and shit. Cause he was going like the, the flashy route, but I think yeah. Jay has great discography too. That's up there with with Kanye after Volume Two and Dynasty album, Blueprint, Black yeah. album, like some classics as well. But Kanye, bro, like never missed. I think honestly, Kendrick's the only one that you could really kind of say like hasn't missed either. You know what I'm so saying? So far, so far, because yeah. yeah. even Drake doesn't have a perfect discography to me, mm-hmm. and I love a lot of Drake's albums too because. We came up in the era where he was he was going off, you know. He's been running this shit, you know. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, Drake. The thing with Drake is like, there's a question as to if he has a definitive classic, right? And I'm not saying that he doesn't have one. What I'm saying is he definitely doesn't have a universal one, in my opinion. And if there is one, it would be take, take care. care. Take care. Most people or, say take yeah. care. Because but, even or, when I argue that Take Care is not his best album, people go to bat for Take Care as the classic. Right. That would be but the to one. To me, my favorite is actually Nothing Was the Same. Yeah, that's okay. what I would say would be the two people. That yeah, yeah, yeah. would be the two that people stand But by. you know, you find different answers with Drake. So that's why I'm kind of like saying there is, I don't know if there's a there's one that people would universally say, yeah, this is the one outside of maybe Take Care. But like I've heard people talk about, if you're reading this, it was too late. It was like one of his best projects and stuff like that. Um, um, like it depends. Yeah, yeah, man. So, speaking of albums, um, Kanye recently streamed uh, 
his his new album. A lot of people is rocking with that. And, Donda um, too. And he had he the listening party. And he continues to go on social media and be a presence, which sure does. Yeah, that's my boy. Of, of some. That's my boy. I'm riding with Kanye when when it come down to it. Okay, yeah. but but talk about why or how. Why well, or how? What, why? what are we what are we referencing? First of all. Okay. Well, I mean, it started with this. I believe this is it. We had I differing need, opinions. I need more context. On this. I need more well, context. So give us the context. context. I wasn't the one that shared this in the group chat. Oh, you has, want me to give it? Yeah, because right. all I know is Pete Davidson has deleted his Instagram. I don't know if he had an Instagram before today or how long he's at or he's new to Instagram and then he just ran off. He, so apparently Pete Davidson, oh, Kanye has been, what, for the last month, maybe <laughs> month or two, month, kind of been very, his very. Put on his neck. Very, very active on social media, uh, you know, screenshotting conversations, private conversations, going at people, making his uh, opinions very known in terms like, I guess, with respect to his family dynamic, his relationship with his wife and her relation, her new relationship with, I guess, her boyfriend, Pete Davidson. So Pete Davidson recently created an Instagram account. And he put up his first post, and apparently that that post was just filled with comments from Kanye fans, mostly who were just getting on him and like calling him skeet and just like berating him and stuff Tell like him that. to find God. Yeah. So Kanye ends up screenshotting um, Pete Davidson's page, which looks which looks now to be inactive or yeah. deleted, whatever. Um, it's probably just deactivated. So he screenshot that, and then what does the caption say about Kanye? Because it's kind of small. Uh, what is it? Read it, Aaron. Oh, says ran skeet off the gram. Tell your mother I changed your name for. I don't know the last word for life. For life. Yeah. So he says (laughs) ran skeet off the gram. Tell your mother I changed your name for life. So all I'll say about this, and I'm gonna keep it short, is like. Yo, Kanye, we have been celebrating you these past two weeks. And for this documentary, by and large, everybody is falling in love with your music again. Even the people who've been hating on you for the last several years, they're remembering why they loved you as an artist so much. Why is this fucking necessary at this point? And I'm going to say, Kanye... We've been appreciating you. We love you. We appreciate all your music. We appreciate this documentary. Keep your fucking foot on his neck. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm not trying to be ruthless or nothing, but fuck it, yo. What? This is the perfect rollout, too. <laughs> Everyone got all eyes on Kanye, man. But, man, he don't he don't like that, his ex-wife. Or his current wife, who he's going through a divorce with, is with this man. Like, this okay, what it so is. The you, dude's you in the public eye. Gotta be a guy. fucking creep about it or they're, a fucking dickhead about guy. it. He's but you don't have to be him. a dickhead about it. This he's is the thing. Like, I love Kanye, and we've shown the appreciation. But you don't have to be a dickhead to someone because your ex decides to date the next guy. Like, why is that? Emphasis such a on the ex part. Yeah, Emphasis like on that, bro. This in no way is this healthy. In no way is that like the shit 
like where you're like, all right, yeah, do you think like I don't think that shit should be applauded. Uh, like that's how I feel about it. And I that's why 100%. I knew he was gonna go at at each other about this. Kanye versus Skeet. You can Kanye be a Kanye fan Skeet. or bare right, knuckle. Bare knuckle, let's go. You could be a you could be Kanye a Kanye versus fan Skeet. All you want, My money's on yay. My like, money's gotta, on yay. Also, like Kanye, for what it is, Kanye was recently playing the, different things. Yeah, Kanye was recently playing the mental health card, right? Mm-hmm. Which he has played before, and yes, he is somebody that suffers from mental health issues. Like that's been documented. He's bipolar. I'm not trying to make light of that, but bro, like you can't on one hand sit here and claim that people, um you know, are taking advantage of of your mental health state and stuff like that and using that, you know, to kind of settle the score with you. Like people are trying to push you on meds and all of that stuff. And you're talking about like your, your, your mother-in-law, Kris Jenner and all this stuff. And you can't put all that out there on social media and expect to be a sympathetic figure and then attack somebody who has a documented history of also having mental health issues, somebody who has been suicidal before. And now you're, you, it's one thing is one thing. Nah, but he's not telling him go, go harm yourself. No, but you're screenshotting your bro. mental health. Or anything. You're not, you're not, you're not only responsible if, you Bro, tell someone to Kanye kill themselves. That is not the only context. What if where, like you should feel responsible? Of Pete Davidson trying to get with Kim before they were divorced or exes. I mean, you're reaching right trying. now. We don't, we don't know reaching, that to be true. But though. Kanye just not happy with the fact, so he don't fuck with I mean, it. Like clearly, he can say what he no. say. He, that's the mother of his children. Like he could definitely say what he want he wants to say, but we're not we're not talking about whether or not he can say what he wants to say. That's not really what the issue is. We're more talking about should he really be saying that, considering that he's somebody himself who also suffers from mental health issues. And like, yo, you don't know. Listen, yeah, if the comments, say, if, the, com- if the comment, if the comment section, mental health. If the comment section what made, do you mean? This is the epitome of like cyberbullying. Like exactly. If the comment section made him deactivate his Instagram account, right? Then what do you think Kanye taking a screenshot and basically reveling in the facts that his fans made him deactivate his account? Like he basically is celebrating the mob that went after him on his own page. I feel you. Like I, the only thing bro, that that's just me is like, will Kim ever be able to have someone? Then, if it wasn't Pete and if it was someone else, like, will will she be ever? And that's that's whack. Like, I would hope so because like, she has the right to. Yeah, she exactly, and I understand. I just think it's specifically Pete. The fact that she went from him to Pete that tugs at his emotions and makes him act like this well i think it could have been anyone and he'd be upset but it doesn't justify how he's acting that's the issue and it's like bro we just talked about it with like what was it two episodes ago with like north on fucking social media what if people were telling her to harm herself with talking crazy to her like none of it is cool like it's never cool like to like but he never told nobody to go do that he never sent them he knows what he's doing though when you have an influence when you like, it's one thing if I do it, right? Nobody, I don't have a mob of people ready to fucking, you know, 
cyberbullying. So when you have crazy influence like that, you know what you're doing when you kind of like put that battery in the back to like go like go crazy in someone's comments or like. And then Kanye says uses it right back against him when. He was going through his mental health, and you're saying Pete Davidson is a guy who deals with mental health. Pete Davidson's on SNL talking about we like Kanye when he's on the meds or some shit. Or go take your meds. He's Kanye. a comedian, though. Yeah, and that's yeah, in he the wasn't dating SNL and and taking meds is the responsible thing to do. I'm sorry, but if you're but prescribed meds, that is the responsible. He's trying thing to make to do. a not, joke of it. He's trying to make light of it. But that's not the reason the Kanye attacked him. And that's not it. Yeah, like that's not the reason Kanye attacked him. I'm just also, saying. Though, to be clear, this is important. Kanye deleted a post that he put on his Instagram account where he was basically urging people, his followers and people, to on site when they saw uh, Pete to basically put hands on him. He suggested that in a post and deleted it. So and we can't. He also said, "I'm gonna do. I'm gonna handle it myself." But you've yeah. already put that out there. Yeah. That's it's, one. And then not only that, but then there will be the people that saw the first post but never saw the second post. And and in their mind, it's like, yeah, fuck, fuck Skeet and blah, 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 blah. And when I see <laughs> you doing this, and you know what I mean? And then they post and then Skeet posts, and it's like, fuck you, Skeet. Like, it's Paints all this his name for shit. life. But it's like, I don't know. It's, uh, to me, it's fucked up. Like, and I can appreciate that's the thing. And and this is why I go back and forth with Kanye is because I can appreciate his music and I can appreciate even last week we were talking about like he has a good heart, but then there's shit like this that he does, and it's like, bro, like it's childish, it's petty, it. like, it's, yeah. it's 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 beneath him, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. yo, we don't know the full story. Aaron could be right. Maybe this dude Pete was trying to get with Kim while they were still working stuff out and it was I was trying to get with Kim while Kanye and her was still working stuff out (laughs) and I don't blame you but I I wouldn't I I wouldn't feel like it was right for Kanye to go at you on social media and I would have his fans go at you (laughs) wow (laughs) your own family that's crazy telling you 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 don't even know her DM that's Kanye's BM (laughs) freestyle coming up let's go (laughs) cue the beat nah but nah i i understand like it it is a part of me that trolls like yo fuck it i'm riding with kanye but at the same time like bro a crazy side of me if i was in kanye's shoes might do the same shit. Fuck it. That's why that she's healthy. on Kim Kardashian <laughs> level, and I don't like you, bro. Like, fuck you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, There's a way to handle. But I wouldn't want to like torture her for the rest of her life. Like, she can never be in another relationship. That is now that'd be crazy if like he never lets her be in another relationship. And if so you did like, now. damn, like I can't even defend you, bro. Like, no. chill. Like, and Aaron, dropped already. Chill. Aaron, <laughs> if you did that, you can rest assured that me and Sasha will both be texting you and be like, yo, bro, put chill. your I phone be down. Yeah. Weird. And that's why y'all my boys. I love y'all. Not being fucking weird <laughs> is what I would text you. I'd be like, yo, it's some things that y'all just don't understand. <laughs> Not like, fuck <laughs> nah, Aaron will be like screenshotting our conversations. Like nobody could troll me. He's like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, man. But yeah, that was all the rave of the week, bro. Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. we touched, we touched pretty much everything. Right. 
But yeah, man, fucking can't wait for part three. See y'all on the other side. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> See y'all yeah. next week. See y'all next week, yo. No Politics Network. No Politics Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Thank you to everybody that's viewing our videos um, and is already subscribed. You know, all the people that come back. We love y'all. Yes, sir. No Politics Network and at No Politics Sports. <laughs> yes. Facts. You already praise, see our praise, socials on the page. So I ain't saying none of that. Praise, praise to, to Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, this is going on. No politics, though. But you know. Yeah. Is but that politics? Love. You think people? No politics, but love, though. Is love. that politics? Yeah, but I don't know. Love, peace, all that. Word, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah.